Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to episode 183 of KT Confidential. Today, Ariel and I discuss buying the dip. Not Tostitos. <laughs> All right. Hello. Welcome to KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. I'm your host, Ariel. He's the co-host, or what do you call it when there's two, we're two hostesses? Hostesses? Hosts? Hosts. We're, hosts. we're the hosts with the most. <laughs> yes. Ariel. Yes, welcome. And Adrian. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Ariel. Uh, topic today is buying, buying. in the dip. Buying in the dip. We're not talking about Tostitos. Uh, queso. Oh, don't make me hungry. I've not eaten today. Neither have I. Are you, you on a starvation fast? diet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I lose, have been. Lose a pound today, gain two <clears throat> tomorrow. That's the kind of diet I'm on. Yeah, you know, I did actually do. I found I, every third day at one point in the last year, I was doing intermittent fasting. Once every third day, I would do intermittent fasting. So I would go basically, I would only eat between noon, I think, noon and 6 p.m. And I would consume a normal day's worth of calories, but only during those hours. And I was eating better in general. And it was very effective. But when, that's not what I'm doing right now. I'm not. But. It's on my mind. Yeah. Those kind of things are hard to maintain, especially yeah. in our, in our careers. Yeah, sure. I think you have to like get this mindset that food is a fuel and not, not something to enjoy. If you could somehow think of it that way. I enjoy food way too much to give us, give a shit. Sure. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, really. I mean, if anyways, Let's get on to the topic. Let's get on to the topic. If you're just not talk, tuning in, we're for not the talking first about food today, dips. We're talking about real estate dips. We talk everything real estate. If you're an investor, a buyer, a seller, whatever, tune in. Landlords, tenants. Today's topic is timely because it's a topic of conversation among many of our clients and colleagues. So I'll let you get started with it. Well, it's pretty simple. You know, the old adage, buy low, sell high. You look for warning signs and you look for market trends, market conditions. You look at homes that are actively on the market. What is the attrition rate? What is the, you know, you look at on a whole, how many homes have sold last week in, in the neighborhoods uh, around you? Um and over the past several weeks, we have seen a balancing of the market where the tables have turned and it is a bit more of a buyer's market. The prices have retracted. They are not as high as they were in January, February. Now Very they much. are yeah. the prices, the prices <clears throat> of homes are still higher than many points of last year. So year over year, you're looking at it and it's still up, but you're not buying at the peak. You, you're trying, you know, there are peaks and valleys through the value of real estate and as best as possible, 
uh, you try not to buy at those peaks. Now, I think it's also important to note time. that there there are kind of like geographically and segment wise, there are little micro markets where some areas sure. are affected more so than others. Um, yep, Cond- condos have still <clears throat> been doing quite well because of their affordability price point, right? Um, Rural properties I've, I find I've, are holding fairly strong. Yep. Waterfront properties are still holding pretty good. Um, it's actually interesting you say that, though, because Aaron, uh, sister-in-law, realtor up in Muskoka, she posted the other day, she's like a screenshot of the new listings, waterfront new listings in, I don't know what region it was she was showing, but 40 new listings. And she's like, where are my buyers at? Because she's now, see, it's like, in the city, in the suburbs, we we see the market changes earlier, and then it progressively reaches the other. Well, outer sure. Areas. Like, I mean, if you're talking about waterfront properties specifically, where do people get the money to buy their waterfront property from? Correct. A lot of times, it's their principal residence and the equity. So, if that is decreasing in value, now their available source of funds might have decreased, or they're just being cautious. They're saying, "Uh oh." Uh, there's, there's a bit of a shift or, you know, we thought we were going to get 2 million bucks for the house we're selling. Now we're only going to get 1.8 that changes things, whatever. But what I mean is for waterfront properties, there hasn't, hasn't been that shift in price just yet. I think it's just slowed down the market. So maybe they're just starting to feel it. We'll see how the summer goes, but, uh, same thing with condos, right? Like you haven't. Um, you haven't seen a big shift in pricing yet. There are fewer offers and and more properties available, um, but not a huge sway in the price of condos yet. Uh, what has been affected it are the not necessarily the like the Uber luxury stuff, but um, stuff that's in like one point five to two point five million. Um, you know, we have seen, seen a change. So, so if you're in the market to buy, certainly if you don't have a home to sell, it is a good time, certainly a good time to be ready, ready to pounce, right? Like you see an opportunity because there will be desperate sellers. Um, there will be people that have to sell. They've committed to something or they're whatever, for whatever reason, they have to sell. And, you know, the prices continue over the last few weeks to, to decrease. So you're trying to take advantage of that as a buyer. And I'll let you take over after I add this one little bit in here, but if you're upgrading your home, so even if you have a home to sell and you're selling a home now that has decreased in value, you're also buying a home that's decreased in value. As a percentage, usually when we look at the numbers, it's in your advantage to upgrade your home during this downswing while prices are going down. Because as a percentage, so for those of you listening, uh, if you have a million dollar or watching, if you have a million dollar home and on average it decreases over that dip 10%, it's decreased $100,000. 
if you're purchase if you're upgrading your home and you're purchasing a 1.5 million dollar home and it decreases on average 10%, it's decreased 1.150,000. So your gap between the two homes on this dip usually gets a little bit closer. So even though <laughs> my my little fingers um so usually on this dip even though mortgage rates are going up it should be more affordable if you're trying to upgrade now than it was in uh january february yes one thing you said that was interesting is um something with regards to looking for signs I think that's very hard and it's very subjective because there have been signs, according to many people, that the market has been overinflated for years. And many of the actual signs that I would say are worthy of actually actual consideration in terms of gauging the market conditions to the general public, they're not available until you're already well into it. Like a month later, the stats come out and we see, you know, what the sales and the, the volume uh, of sales have been and the volume of new listings, et cetera. Uh, we talked about this in the recent podcast, one of the recent podcasts we did. You were going to say something? Well, even these stats are horseshit because, you know, some of the components of the statistics that are put out by wherever mostly it's the real estate boards so the toronto real estate board the oakville milton real estate board the whatever hamilton burlington board they put out these stats and one of the stats is days on market right the only measure measurement of the days on market is on the listing that actually sold so as an example, if I have one, two, three main street for sale and we're asking a million bucks and it doesn't sell, we might cancel that listing. It doesn't sell for three weeks, let's say. And we sit down with the seller and the seller says, okay, well, you know, the market uh, is telling us that nobody's willing to pay a million bucks for it. So let's do a, a new price. Let's relist it with a new price. So we're going to take down the million dollar listing, cancel it completely most likely, and relist a brand new listing with a new price. Now it's $950,000 and it sells for $955,000. Over asking. So now that real estate board is advert and it sells in a day. So now the real estate board is looking at that actual sold property and saying, oh, it was on the market for one day and sold for a hundred and whatever 0.5% of asking. I don't know when no, it doesn't take into consideration that that <clears throat> property was actually listed for sale three weeks ago at a million bucks. And it sold for whatever, 4% below asking. And it took 22 days to sell. I don't know when, but Treb, the Toronto real estate board started listing CDOM cumulative days on market. Yes. Um, which is a helpful statistic for people that are paying attention to see that. I don't know if it's publicly available. I think it is. Um, but I don't know how that plays into the days on market. If they're looking at that number or still using the days on market for that one exclusive MLS number. 
Um, that would be interesting to know. The other thing with buying the dip though is, I guess it depends on your intentions. Like if you're actually an investor and you're looking short-term, gauging the market, trying to find a good opportunity to get in, almost like day trading versus in, in it for the long-term, as far as you know, investing is considered or concerned. Um, I think people need to stop overthinking it because one, many of the the few dips we've experienced that were substantial enough and worthy of consideration and conversation were they weren't predicted. They really, you know, we wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the year that we would be having this conversation now. Um, it happened pretty suddenly. Um, sparked by an onset of a huge influx of inventory among other smaller influences outside of that. Um, But most people never predicted it. And if you're in the market, if you're looking to buy your primary residence and you're planning to get into the real estate market indefinitely for the rest of your life, stop overthinking it. Don't worry about it. It depends what your intentions are. But at the same time, I think you can see, um, relatively close into the future as to what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, this is short-lived. So, you know, we're talking, we're not even halfway or about halfway through the the year. And I know we're going to see a lot of stabilization. And what's going to happen or what is potentially happening is now sellers will see that their home isn't worth as much as it was back in January, February, December, whatever. And they're not going to list their property for sale unless they absolutely have to. So we're going to see less inventory coming on the market. And during the, the summer months, June, July, August, you know, school's out. I think we're going to get a lot of people traveling and doing things now outside of worrying about moving. Um, But then there's still going to be the people that have to move or just, you know, they need more space. They want less space. They can't afford this. Now they can't afford whatever. All these COVID related things still playing a factor. People that moved out to, you know, Niagara region. Now their office is calling them back to, downtown Toronto, whatever, you're going to have all kinds of mixed mash of things. So I think we're also going to see an uptick again in the fall market. Uh, And leading up to the fall market, I think there will be a shortage of inventory and multiple offer scenarios again. So that's just my prediction and my crystal ball, right? So Can you predict those things accurately? Well, you can look for predictors that will help you judge whether or not you're making a good decision, but ultimately make a decision and you stick with it and you run with it. And if you have to keep that property a little bit longer because of that, it usually will pan out if you're buying in the right right area and the right property. Yeah. You're fucking full so of insight today, buddy. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, we've been in a market, we're in a market where, you know, we've not been exposed to much more, anything other than pretty consistent growth. Um, but even, and, even in the growth, there's been 
many peaks and valleys, right? <clears throat> sure. I mean, not worthy of talk other than outside of maybe 2017. And in 20, so, you know, when people ask me my opinion on what's happening right now, I have no idea. You know, there's so many things that influence the market that any change from whether from a government uh, policy perspective to a war in another area of the world, those things all influence the market. So I'm, I'm aware that there's so many things influencing this industry that it's, you know, our opinion is just our opinion sure. and gas and prices. People, sure. Yeah. When bacon ask, at 10 bucks a package <clears throat> now. That's not a bad thing to cut bacon out of your diet. Fuck that. I love bacon. Sure you do. Everybody does. Doesn't <laughs> you make can it a cut good it thing. out of your you can cut it out of your diet. I'm still paying the 10 bucks a package. So when when people ask me what my opinion is on the current state of the market, the most similar conditions we've experienced were in 2017, where around the same time of year we had the same influx of inventory. We had the same government in, intervention where they imposed the foreign buyer taxes where they've done something similar again now. And what we experienced then, I think between, you know, call it end of March, early to mid of April, I think. Um, yeah, it was kind of mid-April-ish. A little bit later than it was this year. Similar though. Anyways, between April and September, basically we saw a decline. I think it was in the range of 15 to 20%. Yeah, I'd have something to look like back that. now five years ago, but yeah, it was significant. Yeah. And then it, it tapered off. It plateaued for a few months and then it steadily increased to where we are today. And now we're seeing uh, potentially something similar repeat itself. So if somebody's asking me what I expect to happen, I can say, well, that's the only time in history where we've experienced something so comparable that that's what I think would be a reasonable expectation. And I don't remember, we had this conversation five years ago and four years ago, but um, I'm relatively confident that it was like a 12 to 16 month window from, from when it kind of quote unquote bottomed out. So call that the dip to when the price then exceeded the peak of 2017. Right. So, so basically if you bought at the peak of 2017 in February of 2017, it was about 12 to 16 months until the value superseded the value you paid that it was yeah, now worth. Right. It, it sounds was, about right. It was now worth more in the, the fall of 2019 or something like that. <clears throat> so um, do I see something similar happening now? Yes. Do I think that it's going to take that long? No. Um, every year's every, everything is going against the price price is increasing at the moment with all the news um mortgage rates going up sellers that have to sell being desperate so so to me this is the dip this That's is interesting because when, when i'm what I, I i i'm flipping through tiktok re regularly looking at real estate industry related posts and i see a lot of young agents um who we not too long ago would have been categorized as time flies um who this one particular girl in toronto she was posting now now we're the the old realtors on the block eh 
I know. I know. Now we're now we're established. Everybody knows who we are. That kind of. Oh yeah, we're, yeah. They we're, do. We're wise. We'll say. Yeah, wise, experienced. So this one agent, though, she was in in the beginning when we started to see this this influx of inventory and the dynamics change in the industry. She she posted something saying. Basically, she was getting mad at all the other realtors for saying that the market was changing. She's like, market's not changing. She went on this big tangent. Um, But it's but that just speaks to how we have been so fortunate to have such a strong uh, industry and economy over the last decade that people just aren't used to anything else so many people just don't don't ever expect the bubble to burst or especially especially young people i mean we were born in the 80s and uh you know i remember my dad telling me that uh their mortgage was at like 18 percent interest yeah on their first on their first home and then the crash of the 80s and then it took forever for things to rebound you had all kinds of things happening in the US and look at the US as an example it took them a while to rebound but now things have just gone stupid over the last few years right, uh, right across all the states um and certainly oh, my- in my good friend in Edmonton bought a house about 10 years ago, not quite, uh, for something like 600000 And he sold it recently, so almost a decade later, for about seven, just over seven, I think. So, in that, and that was Edmonton. So, they saw an increase of $100,000 in, I think it was about eight years. You know, and, mean, the and GTA, meanwhile, you're like, yeah, I that's, bought a $300,000 house and it's worth 18 million now. <laughs> right. So, but these, the, the agents here, they, they know nothing other than what they've experienced. Right. right. Um, and outside of our, our Who bubble. wants to live we'll in, in, in Edmonton? Well, now that's where everybody's buying up. All the investors are buying sight unseen, Edmonton, uh, Calgary. Sure. Sure. Because so, the rental market is strong. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I, we have clients, I have clients in 2017 who tried to predict it, tried to predict the market and they sold to get out at the peak and plan to get back in. They still haven't got back in. Prices are near double what they were then. So Uh, question for you, do you think, and this is kind of off topic. Do you think we're going to see the rental prices increase now with the mortgage, like mortgage Rates have gone up, which might make properties unaffordable for certain categories and and of people and um, income. So do you think now the demand and couple that with all of the immigration that's going to be happening and there it is, um, do you think rent prices are going to go up again? I think to a degree, rent prices are uh, connected to price home values because uh, from the perspective of anyone buying an investment property is going to want some percentage of return on a monthly basis in order to offset their costs, which right now they're taking a loss in most cases um, with minimum down payment of 20%, we'll call it. Um, in some cases, many hundreds of dollars. 
monthly. So it's a big risk for them. So um, I think that's one thing. So as prices come down, you could see that trickle into uh, a similar effect on rent payments, but I don't think so because I think there's just such a, a lack of supply. And the problem in Ontario is there's so much government uh, control over it, rent control, then, you know, they're not building purpose-built rentals anymore. Should have asked you to keep this answer short when I asked it to you. The reason I asked is because there is no quick answer during this quote unquote dip. I think it's a super opportunity for people that are interested in buying a property and having supplemental rental income, such as a basement apartment. And conveniently, that is going to be an uh, upcoming topic a whole on our topic, podcast. Yes. So well, I think that's, well, now we're seeing new development where they're building the homes purpose-built with that mm-hmm. as an option. With that in right? mind. You look at the homes uh, panorama uh, up yeah. at uh, Tremaine and uh, 401 there in Milton. Yes. And uh, they are building those homes to have essentially a legal basement apartment set up. So yeah. Um, yeah, with well, that so to, to answer your question in a more concise manner, I would say that I, I don't have an answer for it. It simply depends on supply and demand. So if we see things like that and you have one development where they have purpose-built basement apartments and that brings an influx of inventory, then yes, we'll see prices change a little bit. For those of you listening and watching, um, If you're watching, you can listen to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. If you're listening, you can watch it by going to ktconfidential.ca. It'll take you right to the YouTube playlist. Uh, If you think this is the dip or if it has influenced you in any way, positively or negatively, to make a real estate decision currently, we'd love to hear your comments. Send us a DM or leave a comment. I think that is pretty well it for today, unless you want to add anything. No, that's it. The only thing that I find uh, intriguing this year in the market that's different from any other year is the number of people leaving the province of Ontario. And just before we started this podcast today, I got a text message from somebody who's purchased in the US and now they want to sell their house here. so that's that's an interesting trend I've been following. Mm-hmm. That's maybe an, maybe that's another good topic uh, for a future episode. Um, I think there are great opportunities in our country, so not necessarily province specific, but I've been looking at PEI very closely over the last. Uh, I want to say the last year and more intimately now. Um, And I think there are pockets of areas right across the country that uh, pose opportunity for investing in real estate. So whether you're buying or want to be a landlord or just sit on a property, um, I think there there's some good, you know what a good idea would be. We should get some realtors from other areas to, uh, hop on and provide some insight into their market. Funny you should say that. I was thinking about that last week when you were off and uh, I I did uh, some podcasts by myself. 
And um, I was thinking, you know, I don't really care to have local realtors on the podcast, uh, but, you know, we don't have the hands-on insight in other pockets of the country. So yeah. it might be good to source um, people well, I from stitched, a- uh, I stitched a TikTok today, a couple of agents in Halifax. So, yeah. And I've got a couple of clients right now moving to Halifax, so it'll be uh, maybe that'll be a good starting point. But well, if you're a, it, a realtor it, listening or watching, and you're outside of the province of Ontario, and uh, I think we we'll sh- we should come up with some kind of criteria to to make sure whoever we're bringing on is of equal uh, uh, to our standards, we'll say. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're listening or watching from across the country somewhere east coast to west coast and anywhere in between send us a message if you want to uh potentially get on the podcast with us all right uh nice chatting with you adrian likewise uh we'll see you next week